Hello, fellow cinephiles. My name's Ben, and this is the Real Movies Podcast. I am joined today by a very special guest uh, who was a, a friend of mine that I made at Sundance and was also, how would you say, how would you say this, a supervisor? Would you say supervisor? Supervisor? Um, manager? manager? Supervisor, manager, both, I guess. Kind of a player, coach, friend deal. Uh, uh, this is Walita Mahone. What'd you say? Compatriot. Compatriot, yes. But her name is Walita Mahone, and she uh, is fantastic, and she's our guest today. So, welcome, Walita. It's wonderful having you back on the Real Movies podcast after um, kind of that crazy, giant room where we had everybody. I had everybody on the podcast at one time. Um, well, thank you. Thanks, Ben. I'm glad to be a part of the podcast once again. <laughs> Did you uh, did you have as much fun as I did at that last party? It was so much fun. <laughs> it was so much fun. I had a blast doing that with all of you guys. That was great. We have to do that again. Yeah, did you... Uh, that was the last night, right? That was Sunday night? Yep, that yeah. was our final night in Park City. That's what I thought. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so that's a fun episode. I, I, I didn't... I mean, I wasn't able to get the audio kind of quite where I wanted it to be, but um, it's very much uh, listenable, if that's a word, which I don't think it is, but whatever. Um, so It's a word tonight. We're making it a word. <laughs> so uh, I recommend you go and uh, everybody go and give that a listen to, to kind of uh, get a sense of where we're at. But um, yeah, so I've been excited to get Walita back on because... Um, Walita, you are very passionate about uh, this "Call Me by Your Name" movie. That I very pa- very <laughs> passionate is a word. I'm 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 even obsessed with it. To be honest with you. Ooh, obsessed. Okay. Uh, but "Call Me by Your Name." I mean, I'm sure that everybody who listens to this show certainly knows who call, what "Call Me by Your Name" is. But um, it's a film by Luca Guadagnino. Um, about a young boy living, uh, spending the summer with his family in Italy. And, um, while there he meets and falls in love with his father's teaching assistant or research, I guess a research assistant. Yeah. Research assistant. Yes. Um, Grad student. Yeah. And so, the movie's just about the love story between the kid and the graduate assistant. Um, yep. And so, I, uh, this movie's been getting a lot of talk with the awards uh, that have been coming coming up, and then the Oscars are happening um, pretty soon, I think the first weekend of March. And um, so, uh, this was one of the kind of awards bait movies that I didn't really get to until late. Um, I didn't see it until we watched it with, uh, Sam and everybody at Sundance this year. And then, and then I went and saw it again in a theater, uh, back when I got home to Cincinnati. Um, and so after seeing it the first time, I remember telling Sam and Piper, was that her name? Yes. I remember telling Sam and Piper that 
it was a beautifully made film, but I couldn't quite get over the kind of the elephant in the room with this movie is it's, it's a little, I couldn't quite see past the age difference between army hammer and Timothy Chalamet. Uh-huh. And it just, it, it was a little creepy to me. Um, and it, and it kind of stayed that way the second time. Although I will say just to finish my piece on where I'm coming from with this movie, I, the second time I saw it, uh, I was a little bit more receptive to it uh, based on what Michael Stuhlbarg's character says at the end. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, basically, if people haven't seen it, what he says is uh, more or less that he's aware that his son has had this relationship with the older man. Um, he may not necessarily agree with it, but he's happy that it's brought some joy uh-huh. to him. Um, and so with that, I mean, okay, I, I understand where he's coming from and that's probably how, if I were in his situation, I'm sure that's how I would deal with it too. But, um, I just, I, I don't know how much if it may, if that really makes it okay. Uh, so I don't know. That's just my personal thoughts on it is that I couldn't see past the idea of, um, this relationship that, uh, is not appropriate on a traditional, like, you know, this guy's too old and this kid's underage. Uh, like, it's not that it's a, it's a, it's a gay thing at all because there are so many fabulous movies about, um, like Carol is amazing. Um, that's one of my favorite movies of the last several years. Um, I just, I I don't, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't see past some of that. So try to, so if you can, am am I? (laughs) Well, Um, you're not the first one of my, um, (laughs) film friends that happened to be male. Yes. Um, cause I haven't heard this on my female friend's side. Uh-huh. I've heard it on the male side, how they've had a hard time with the film because they felt that it was, that Army Hammer was a little, was a little bit older than Timothy Chalamet, which in fact, yes, they are older. I mean, he is older than Timothy. Yeah. Um, and then, but in the storyline of the film and the book, uh, Elio, who Timothy Chalamet plays, is 17 going on 18. And Oliver, who Army Hammer is playing, is playing a 24-year-old. Right. And so, yes, there is an age difference there. Um, I don't feel it's too creepy of an age difference, though. I mean, yes, in traditional, I guess, American, I would say, in our American lives, right. that we don't, we feel that that would be inappropriate right? for a 24 year old to fall for a 17 year old. Right. Um, but I think that a lot of people should overlook that because really the story is not about a 17 year old and a 24 year old coming together and falling in love. I think the, what, why the film means so much to me is because 
I relate to it on a level to where I know I'm remembering what it felt like for me the first time I fell for someone that I felt was unattainable at the point in my life. And it wasn't about an age thing. Like, I mean, the person wasn't much older than me or anything like that, but it just, those feelings just resonated with me so much the way that they portrayed it in the film. Mm -hmm. So I totally could overlook that. Yes. Army hammer is a little bit older than Timothy Chalamet um, because it just works. And also I think because for me, why it worked is because of their performance. Yeah. Um, me working with actors on a very close basis every day, I could totally overlook the age gap because I was really impressed and just taken in by Timothy and Army's performance together. It was such great on-screen chemistry. Mm-hmm. And I think if they would have cast another actor as Oliver, someone who could have been maybe a little bit younger, and then maybe if they would have cast an actor who was a little bit older, still portraying those ages, I don't think it would have worked. Right. Because, um, like I said, I'm obsessed with this film, so I've been (laughs) researching, I've researched, I've listened to several interviews with... Um, the director, Luca Guadagnino, on the casting process with one of the producers, Peter Spears. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also listened to interviews with um, Army and Timothy and the whole process. And it took almost four or five years to get this movie made. Right. So, um, and they had some other actors attached to mm. it. And some of those actors, when I heard, like, for instance, one of the actors who was originally attached to possibly play Oliver was Shia LaBeouf. Oh, God. <laughs> I totally could not be this working with Shia in that <clears throat> Not at all. <laughs> no, it would not in the slightest. It would not have worked. And I just feel that it was the right time and place for these actors to come together to play these two roles. Mm. And that's why it is it has become such... A meaningful film for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons okay so that's my stand on that point okay um that's interesting i um i mean i i'm not sure i relate to it on quite the same level that uh, you said you did with you know falling for someone unobtainable but um, well, do you remember least... like your first crush? Like, okay, let's let's put it to you this way. Okay, let's let's talk about the film. Like, what the one thing that got to me that I related to the most was the scene when they were when Elio is watching Oliver dance. Yeah, with Kiara, and yeah. it's a slow song. It's not the it's not the psychedelic furs um, love my wave song. It's a song before that, which is lady lady. And Elio is, you can tell his heart is breaking because he's looking at Oliver dancing with this woman and he's, you can tell in his expression. Yeah. Oh my God. I, 
I can't even, I can't watch this. This is killing me. Right. Why isn't that me? Why isn't he dancing with me? Why can't that be me? And I just remember being a teenager and watching my crush dancing with Dance another with girl. People. Okay. And I was like, why isn't that me? Mm-hmm. I can't, you could be with me. Why are you with her and not with me? And that's exactly how I felt. And then when a song would come on after that, and me and my friends would go dance, I would totally show out and try to get his attention by dancing all cool, which is exactly what Elio does right after that. Right. With fancy moves. So that's why I say, like, I related to it. Okay. So much. Yeah, I. Respect. My what? What I what I should have said. I shouldn't have said that. I have never like fallen for someone that I thought was unattainable. Of course, I think everybody's done that. But I, I I've never had like like for the for, in this movie like Timothy Chalamet obviously falls for Army Hammer, but then Army Hammer kind of falls right back for him, and I yeah. and and. and but it takes him a minute. I don't, you know, to yeah. to let it be known um, in that respect. And uh, a coworker of mine that I I took my two coworkers to see this with me, mm. and he said on his side he saw where Elio was very he wasn't confident in himself, and as he began to develop the relationship with Oliver, his confidence began to grow. Yeah. Because as a man, because I think Oliver was probably the first man that Elio saw, especially being, you know, they're, the family's Jewish. Uh-huh. Here's this Jewish man, but he's very confident. He wears his Star of David necklace proudly. You know, he's not trying to hide uh, his, okay. his faith. Yeah. And he just comes across, you know, just very confident. He's personable. People like him right away. Um, and Elio is not exactly that way. And okay. I think when he sees that, it kind of catches his eye, you know. Yeah. And so, and as the film progresses, you can kind of see Elio kind of getting to that, getting that confidence because, you know, He's not going to be ashamed of who he is, you know, just because his family says, well, we're living in this area and people, you don't flaunt your Jew, our Jewish religion and blah, 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 blah. So. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's funny you say that. Can I tell you, can I tell you a funny little (laughs) aside here? Sure, sure. Uh, I, um, when I was living in Bowling Green, I was dating this girl and her sister-in-law was uh would lead like a not like a youth group but she was like in their church she would uh take part in like um she would be like one of these leaders that would kind of like volunteer to have like do fun stuff with like kids in the church Uh um and there was like one friday night where she was having the sister-in-law was having like the three or four little girls that she kind of was like uh were in her group she had them over at her house for a sleepover and uh-huh. and it was funny because um <laughs> i had somehow at some point i think i had met these uh girls because uh my girlfriend at the time and i went to a lock-in 
that they were doing. Um, yeah. And we were, you know, we were playing basketball with them and we were having fun playing knockout and stuff. And um, I remember Emily, who was I was dating at the time, telling me like that these <laughs> these girls that were in the group had a crush on me now because <laughs> the of, you know, you're like the first guy that's like, you know, an older guy that was like nice to them and like fun around them. And so exactly. so exactly. now that you say that about this movie, that totally makes sense to me. Yeah, because, I mean, every year his parents bring a student. So he's grown up with these students coming to his house Yeah, every year. And I think this was probably like the first time this wasn't just like a student that was there to impress his dad. I mean, I think Oliver was just personable to everyone. He just seemed to blend into their family right away Mm -hmm. and then he's just you know super impressed by this man and then another thing like elio and his family they're super european what's it's the word I, i heard the word and now i can't think of the word but they're american but they also live in italy and france and go all over Europe, they're globetrotters, and their beliefs are a little not so prudish. Well, yeah, that was, and that was something, I talked to my sister today, because she, um, she is a member of the LGBTQ community, and, um, she saw this movie for the first time last night, maybe, either last night or two nights ago, and, Uh Uh, she and I talked about it today. Um, and it was funny because she felt kind of the same way I did about it. Um, and she was saying to me that, uh, all of her, uh, quote unquote straight friends are the ones that all really like the movie. And then she said everybody that she knew that was gay or otherwise didn't like it. Um, That's weird because all of my gay friends love it. Yeah. So, and she, what she was saying was that her, like herself and uh, other gay people that she's spoken with about it, think that it, for some reason, they, they claim that they feel there's some sort of stigma around gay men in particular about Uh being um, kind of. Uh, predatory against like uh-huh. younger younger men uh-huh, and uh-huh. and uh they kind of felt that it sort of reinforces that stereotype rather than break it down or um i don't know uh she just felt that it perpetuated kind of a bad stereotype um, oh, oh. And so I think between her and some of the people she's spoken to, that seems to be the general consensus on why they didn't like it. Um, well, hey, I can respect that opinion. I mean, I can totally see right. that. And, but, you know, I, I, from the, my lovely gay friends that I know, yeah, um, a lot of them really did enjoy the film. A lot of them read the book too so i don't know how many of those people have read the book yeah and if you read the book it kind of 
explains things better, I think. Does it? For, you know, it kind of breaks things down a little bit better for people. Okay. Um, and, but I know one of my friends, what really um, got him was the relationship between Elio and his parents mm. and how he really wished his parents um, could have been that way and that, that accepting, like his mom is great now. Like, you know, of course now she's fine, right. but in the beginning it wasn't like that. Yeah. And he just was like at his age that he could have gotten a speech like Elio got that speech from his dad. Yeah. And, and we kind of hear as much from Michael Stuhlbarg when he says that when he was Elio's age, he was very close to having something like what he and Oliver had. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. But it never, it never quite paid off. Um, exactly. Which then in turn is why he decided to let Elio have what he had. Um, exactly. Which I can totally respect as a parent, but, um, and, and I, I just hate that I'm so hung up on the same qualm <laughs> about it. Cause I keep wanting to go back to, well, they're, you know, they're living in Italy, but they're American, so they should be, you know, abiding by American, like, you know, <laughs> tropes. And, like, if it were... Th- this is something I said to my sister today. I think I would feel less weird about the relationship between those two characters if the movie was an Italian film. If it were in the Italian language with Italian actors... You would have been fine I think it. I would have been fine with it because the age of consent in Italy is 14. Um... Well, Elio's 17, he's above the age of consent. Well, yes, but that's what I'm saying, though, (laughs) is that there it would be, he's he's above the age of consent in Italy, but he's not in America, and they're American, even though they're in Italy. What's the age of consent in America? What's the age of consent in America? 18. It is not. Is it not? I thought the age of consent is 16. Is it 16? I think it is. Oh, then I'm about to, yeah. You I probably just Google got shown it. up. Google uh, it, and I think, I think I'm, I'm I think right. you might be right. Hold on. I pulled up a bunch of tabs, too. Did you see that <laughs> uh, the house went on sale? Yes, I did. Yeah, they were selling it for seven bathrooms. Uh, I don't know how many bedrooms. I don't think it says. Uh, but it's built in the 16th century, according to this. If I could afford that house, I would totally buy it and move there. 1.7 million euros, or two million dollars. Yeah, two million dollars in American U.S. dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Age of consent. Yeah. Age of consent in North America. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, it actually varies by state. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so in some okay, states, okay. in in most states, it's 16. Okay. Um, In a few others, it's 17, and then in the rest, it's 18. Is it 18 in Ohio? It's 16 in Ohio. Ha-ha. And it's 16 in Kentucky. Ah. And it's 17. Texas? It's 17 in Texas. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, okay. I mean, I just. I know, I know. It's I, but you know, like I, when I had someone tell me about the the factor, that factor, I started thinking about 
okay, so what if the film had, like, Elio was El- Ella and Oliver, would people have a problem still? Mm, like, if it were, if it were yeah. an older guy and a younger girl? Yes, because, like, I even compared it to... Um, Lolita. When after I, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, so, like, well, yeah, Lolita, yeah. Yeah, and there's other films, too. Like, you know, if you think of, like, um, just going down the through the history of films, there's several films where the lead actress is barely a teenager and the lead actor is in his 30s or something because... Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the film Flashdance. Have you ever seen that? Yes, I have. Okay, so after, since the film, the, the song Lady Lady mm-hmm. in Call Me By Your Name, when I heard that song, I said, I've heard that song from some movie. And then I realized I'd heard it in Flashdance. So then I looked up the ages of the lead actress, Jennifer Bills, at the time that she made the film, and the, and the actor who played her her love interest, Michael Nuri, mm-hmm. and Jennifer Bills was like 18 or 19 when she made Flashdance. Michael Nuri was already in his 30s. Really? And he was playing her love interest at the time. And then in the film, she was playing an 18-year-old in the film. And it was a popular film at the time. Yeah. And it, I don't think anybody had a problem with that, but... This was a grown man. This girl's barely out of high school. Yeah. Okay. You know, so, you know, I look at those kinds of things sometimes and it's like, okay, well, maybe we should just look above that and just think of the story versus the ages of people. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. And I, I I mean, I've got a couple of things I want to say. One is I have a fun, a funny story about Flashdance. Because you brought it up. (laughs) I love Flashdance. What's the story? Uh, So that movie was filmed in Pittsburgh. In Uh Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. In what? Like 1985? I think it was like 80... No, it was like 82 or 83. Oh, was it really? Was it that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Well, regardless, my my parents were in college at the University of Pittsburgh together around that time. Um, Uh And... My mother, being in Pittsburgh, and of, you know, that kind of around the same age as Jennifer Beals at the time, used to get a lot of, like, whole, like people would stop her on the street thinking she was Jennifer Beals. No uh, way. Yeah, so when my mom, when she, was, when she was college age, looked almost exactly like Jennifer Beals does in Flashdance. Oh jeez, um, I want to see a picture of your mom. I'll have to I'll have to try to dig out uh some of the old pictures of mom and I'll have to send I'll have to send one one or two of that them to you. That is so cool. But um and she likes to tell that story too is that you know she used to get confused for Jennifer Beals in Pittsburgh while they were filming Flashdance in Pittsburgh at the same time. Wow, she could have been Jennifer Beals stand-in or right. double. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um so yeah, she's got all kinds of fun stories, but uh no, that's funny you say that, and the, uh, I'm glad we kind of looked at the age of consent thing, because I was a little misguided. But still, I mean, again, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I hate that that's the one thing that hangs me up. Yeah, on, yeah. Um, because it is it is a beautifully made film. Um, it is. It's so beautifully made, and that's if nothing when, else. when I hear people have that hang-up about it, it just 
hurts my heart and oh, my no. soul because <laughs> I just feel the film is so wonderfully made and yeah. it's so beautiful and touching. Mm. Um, just the landscape, the music, yeah, um, the story in itself. Just but then just the performances. Just really, I mean, I had never heard of Timothy Chalamet, and I didn't even realize. Um, that I had seen a couple things with him in it, but it, he was yeah. in like really small roles. But he knocked me out with just the subtle decisions he made as an actor in that mm. film. And then I was not a fan of Army Hammer because I mean I knew a lot of people were like, "Oh, Army Hammer, great, da da da," mm. and I had pretty much avoided any film if, if a film had army hammer in it i wasn't watching it oh really yes really yeah. and then i see him in this film and i'm like this guy is great <laughs> what what is wrong with me right oh my god and then <laughs> i i i just completely flipped my my decision on not uh, about avoiding army hammer films now i'm trying to watch as many as i can yeah um and then with michael stolberg oh yeah he he's my um, favorite part he i i did not even realize because i had seen a serious man uh-huh and i didn't even realize that was him until i listened to a podcast um and it was on happy sad confused yeah um, and he said how he was such a fan of him from A Serious Man. And I go, oh, my God, that was him. And now I'm obsessed with Michael Stuhlbarg. He is <laughs> a genius. He is so brilliant. And I'm so disappointed that he was not recognized, not only for Call Me By Your Name, but in, um, oh, gosh, Shape of Water. Yes. He was so good in Shape of Water. Yeah, I he just, was loved him in that and then even his teeny tiny part in the post he was good mm -hmm. so you know i'm just like y'all need to give this man some recognition because he's wonderful <laughs> did you uh did you see him while we were at sundance i saw him so quickly he was passing by he had come out of the theater and then i was talking to elliot and then elliot says there's Michael Stolberg, and I turned around and I saw him real fast, and I go, Elliot, you <laughs> should have clued me in sooner, <laughs> so I could have really seen him and maybe talked to him. I was very upset, <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. I know eventually I will meet this man yes. and talk, talk about how brilliant he is via on a podcast, or I'll get to work on a project with him. Um, he sat. Two, I think two rows behind me, or oh. I, don't, I don't know if you were there. Were you there for Lizzie? Which for, for oh no, I didn't get to see Lizzie. No. Yeah, I don't remember who was there with me. I think I was there with another friend from. That was the night I went to see the Gus Van Zant movie. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, the Foot movie because I can never think of that title because it's fifty million miles long. He won't get. Don't worry, title. he won't get far on foot. Yes. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I miss Lizzie because I went to see that one. Gotcha. Yeah, but he was, he sat, I remember kind of turning around at one point and I was like, you know, this guy about two seats behind me. I was like, oh, that's Michael Stilbart. All right. Because I guess he was, on the, he was on the dramatic jury or something, I think. Yeah, right? he was. Yeah. He was one of the jurors. Yeah. yeah. That's he was true. awesome. Um, 
Yeah, what else did I want to... I'm trying to think of anything else I wanted to talk about with this film. Uh, they're making a sequel, apparently, at some point. Yeah, they've been talking about a sequel. And, and the reason why there can be a sequel is because in the book, the story doesn't end like the film ends. It um, goes into the future where we see Elio and Oliver a few years later. That's kind of what I figured they would have to do. And so I think that's why, I mean, I think if the film didn't didn't do as well as it did, yeah. we probably wouldn't be getting a sequel, but so many people are just chomping at the bit um, at wanting to see what happens if Elio and um, Oliver even do see each other again. Because, I, you know, it alludes to, it at the end of the film, I hope, no, sorry to have spoilers if anyone hasn't seen it, um, but when they have the phone call at the end and uh-huh. he finds out that Oliver's going to get married, yeah, um, you know, it's kind of like that thing to see, well, Oliver's in this marriage. Is he going to still be in this marriage? Mm-hmm. Um, what is Elio going to do? Is Elio going to, you know, because you're, you're hit. You're not sure if they're bisexual. Right. Are they gay? Because they both sleep with women. Yeah, and get I aroused of, by women. So right. I co- I sort of always figured that they were both bisexual. That's what I figured too. And a funny story too. My um, the lady, one of the ladies that I work for, she was young at the time, like in 1983. Uh-huh. Um, so she was a young woman, probably Oliver's age at that time. Okay. And she said that a lot of the uh, men that she knew who were. Um, bisexual or homosexual they the, she said that army hammer portrayed a homosexual man so well she completely almost thought he was gay in real life oh wow and she said is he gay and i said no i don't think so because he is married and I, I don't think he is gay but she said well his performance made it he was so believable mm. she said because she knew a lot of men like that um, when she was younger, yeah, and so I was like, "Wow!" I said, <laughs> I, "I said we should meet him and tell him this." <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but I think that's probably the reason why a lot of people kind of want to know, especially because mm-hmm. of the, in 1983, in this film, it doesn't talk about all of the serious issues of you know homosexuality or the lgbtq community and that was like the cusp of when aids was coming out and all that kind of stuff so you kind of want to see maybe down the road introduce those topics to Mm -hmm. see if they even address those topics later and stuff like that so so i think it would be kind of interesting but i don't know i mean we'll see it would be fun I think to see a sequel, but I don't, I kind of don't want them to ruin it because sometimes sequels, yeah. uh, if they're not done the right way, I just don't know. But if Luke is in charge of it again and, and God willing, James Ivory, if he could be a part of writing another script mm-hmm. as beautiful of a screenplay as he's written, it might work. Yeah. I think I know Luca is signed on right now, but I don't know about a writer. I don't think they've got a screenplay yeah. yet. Um, yeah, no, I read an article where he was he was against doing a a, a sequel. Really? 
Yeah, but maybe James. they can convince him. James Ivory. Yeah, James Ivory was. Okay. And he did he write the book? He did not write the book. The book is by um, Andre Ackerman, or is it Osman? No, Osman. Okay. That's what you say. Something. And that's the author of the book, but James Ivory wrote the screenplay. Gotcha. All right. I can tell yeah. you this. I know I don't think it would be as weird for me if in a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I just... <clears throat> um, so, I don't know. Well, uh... I, we'll have to cross that bridge when we come to it. I suppose, yeah. I um, <laughs> I just now I want to watch it again, and I. <laughs> you should watch, I should it, watch again. it again. I. I swear, you should watch it again. I watched it again last night. I um. I was telling again to my sister today that uh. I think if you were to, if I were to watch this, perhaps as. Uh. Kind of one of the ways that I sort of eventually came around on It Follows uh, was to watch it as somebody's living dream. Uh-huh. Or, uh, like in the case of It Follows, like if you watch it from the point of view of it's, you know, you're watching a living nightmare. Yes. And you can kind of forgive some of the fantastical stuff that takes place in that movie. Um, so if well, you then wa- I'm going to have to do that because... I've only seen It Follows one time, and I was... You were... I am not a fan of It Follows. Oh, okay. Yeah, I am if not. You, so... if, you watch it, if you watch it with a little different mindset, you'll I think you'll get a little bit more out of it. Um, but, so, I was, yeah, I was thinking, like, if I were to watch this again, as, you know, from the point of view of it being, like, a dream that Ilio's having, that he's... Yeah. he's living kind of like this perfect life and then by the end it tragically kind of comes apart um so in that sense i think it works yes Um, but my hang up on that was there's nothing about it there's nothing about this movie that indicates a stylized or you know different world necessarily at least in you know kind of aesthetically like because it's easy to do with it follows because there's just a lot of really weird stuff going on and you don't really know what time period it is and and all this and that um well maybe if you look at it too the author himself if you do a little research on the author and the books that he has written uh a lot of his books dip into things that have happened in his life okay and so um, the book has little pieces of his own personal experiences, mm-hmm. and that's what he writes about in pretty much all of his books are experiences that he's you know ha- that have happened to him through his lifetime or through people in his family's lifetime. You gotcha. And so if you look at it on, um, from that respect maybe you'll see it differently as well. But, mm-hmm. I mean, hey, like I said, to each his own, just because <laughs> you don't love it as much as I love it, I still love you, dude. You're my man. You're my friend. I'm so happy to know you. Um, but you everybody has their opinions. Just like people, when they find out I don't like it, follows. They're like, what? Like, oh, I will try to watch it again. Yeah. Maybe I need to open my mind. And watch it again, and I'll and I'll see. Because I was just like, "Look, this is so unrealistic. I'm so yeah. upset." There's <laughs> so. there's there's plenty that I haven't seen still where I I, I tend not to judge people anymore. 
Like, yeah. What you haven't seen this or what you didn't like that movie? <laughs> like, yeah, you're. I'm. 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 A, I'm a big proponent of that too. So, um, Walida, thank you for coming on and at least attempting to turn me around. I think you did a little bit. Um, Good. Yes. So, I'm, I'm, I'm at the very least interested to watch it again. So we have that. Yes, and, and the next time we get together, I will make you and I will have a screening of it again. And we'll see <laughs> if you've changed your mind. I don't know when we'll see it. It'll either be at Sundance next year, or maybe I have to come to Cincinnati because I've never been to Cincinnati. Ooh, so you should, it's a lot of fun up here, but I've never been to Austin <laughs> too. So I've, we got, hey. we got two bucket lists to knock out, I think. So we'll have to That's figure that right. out. That's um, right. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Ben. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll have to get together and do this again. Uh, have you on again for another discussion later on? For sure. All right. Thanks, Walida. <laughs> You're welcome. In the wise words of someone important, do it for cinema.